0: This is how he held my hand. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> he came they told, later on. Next day when they saw him, he said, "Where are you going?" Told he told them where I was going. They described the path of Abba I came from. That is very far. Next day he came with his two children, little boys that they had to come and see Pastor Banke. He said they came all the way just to come and see me. Oh, like ah, God has blessed him today. I told him, when I go back home, I said, ah, so, "So had, here. And I like, thank God that is, you mean it's possible that we could have refused to do this job? Why? I have to build a house first. <laughs> That's it. No, you're talking about anointing. I have somebody in mind. I was discussing with a friend the other day. When you're talking about the power to persuade with words, I am not up to half of him. I'm not being modest. I'm not trying to be nice. We all agree that man says to you, this thing, this pulpit you are looking at is, is black. You will believe him. By the way he talks physically it drives his point home like this. I said, this is an anointing. Yes. Hey, he told me something years ago. So before he enters the ministry, he has to settle his business, do this. When money is flowing, they know he didn't come to ministry for money. Who cares what you think I came for? And I came back from Abba. I had to thank God. People came from Port Harcourt because on their announce on air I'll be in Abba teaching. Do you know how to thank God? I was telling my wife, occasionally I tell my once I said, do you know, baby, I could, have, I could have refused to do this. And there's always a tangible reason. I need to build a house in my village, one here, one there, so that at least they will know. My father will be happy, my mother will be happy. But when you do that, let me tell you the truth. I went to school very early. Very, very, very very early. I you was know, a young boy. What was God doing for, with it? Now I understand. I told you before that I talked to people with bachelors in theology. And a man wrote to me, a friend of mine, that you challenged me to read my Bible. And I had a bachelor in theology. and went for NYC together. I have a bachelor in medicine and surgery. What happened? God made me go to University of Benin. Situated me around amongst men who did nothing but fight. That if they had to fight, it's Bible they are fighting over. All they did was pray and prophesy and discuss scripture. We had normal fellowship. All of, In fact, the president of the fellowship was there, the chief Bible teacher was there in that room. Yes, we still have room fellowship. They will still preach, still prophesy and still lay hands on you in room fellowship. And you're still going to fellowship, maybe next day, for general fellowship. <laughs> I went to the University of Benin by a small chance. My parents took my jam form. They wanted to submit it. And they stumbled into my cousin, who was at that time a final year student at the University of Benin. Where is it going? They said, of course, typical person from the West, you choose Ibadan, Ife, Lauren. These are your three choices. If you like adventure, you try Unilag. Alright, but if norm- your head is normal, you choose only those three. <laughs> and that was what I did. Except that that day, they just turned to my cousin and just said, no, 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 no. To the University of Benin. It had never crossed my parents' mind. Which was actually closer to us than all the other ones, you know. There was none closer. Each one is at least twice as far away as the University of Benin. Let me make long story short. That's how my adventure into Uniben began. I'm not even something here. That was where I learned the word of faith. My fellowship, that's how I got into it. I'm making an issue. Years of training. Years of training. I could have decided I need a house and wasted it. Yes. And it's painful. There are things you don't know today. Because one blockhead went to South Africa to go and look for money. There are things I don't know today. Because one guy will just not realize that a man's life does not consist in the abundance of things which he possesses. He has left me stranded. There's no fuel. It's because somebody disappeared. He didn't do his job. Power is not constant. Many of them run away. They are sweeping gutter in London and America. Maybe they are not sweeping gutter. Maybe they are driving fine cars. But that's the reason why your power is not constant. Listen to me, that's what bad men when they say Jesus feared the plan of the ages. It will come to an end because of one small girl. So, you have a sexual drive, better, better castrate yourself by yourself before the plan of the ages. It's because we don't understand the power, the importance of our life. That's how we misbehave. He said, Men became eunuchs for this personally for the sake of the kingdom. When I say, okay, sexual drive, you'll kill me. Let me just show you something. No, listen. I told you when angels came to strengthen Jesus, it was to show him more visions of things to come. I hear all kinds of stories these days, and it embarrasses me. Oh, Jesus, or Jesus was a man of God. The other day, they mentioned one man. I couldn't believe it. He said, his hotel is known. Man of God. When he goes to the hotel, girls follow. I said, they think God is a joker. I'm trying to emphasize the meaning of the word, he feared. He prevents you from entering to your destiny. It spoils businesses. It's not just about uh, they didn't catch me, I fell sick and I died. No! it ruins ministries, spoils businesses. Is the reason, go and read my book, Beyond Gifts and Talents, is the reason why Samson did not do well. Samson, have you watched Chinese films before? you watch Chinese films. One man will beat 100 people. 1000 people. At the end of the day, do it like this. You think it's a joke? <laughs> Samsung was exactly like that. Check Chinese films. You don't find the main guy being very muscular. They're always lame people. That was why they asked Samson, where is the source of your strength? He was not a muscular man. He was in typical Bruce Lee. And I was like, oh <laughs> everybody. <laughs> every man don't die with that. <laughs> They finally want the money to cage him inside the city. They got to the city. They unlocked the gate. So all right, if that's the way you like it, Remove the gate. Put on her shoulder. Went up a hill. Yet when he was going to die, they were massaging his back. Well, honey, hey yo. See, you want to to talk to me? You don't love me. If any girl does that, I say get away. I don't love you. I love my destiny. <laughs> the, guys, guys, and ladies too. Don't let anybody blackmail you. Once it turns to blackmail her, uh, <laughs> my wife said something. they said, some people cry to get this from her husband. She said she learned in the first year that with this guy, it doesn't work. Ask her, I'm not lying. He said, why? Well, I said, baby, I made, I made a decision with reason. We did not include absence of cry. So you cannot add cry now to distort the equation. If, I, if if for example I say okay, I want a brand new Land Cruiser and I go and price it, it tells me it's 25 million. Cry from now till tomorrow. If I don't have the money, you ain't driving no Land Cruiser. They don't love me. I don't love you. I love 25 million. I don't have it. <laughs> 25 million comes. I will know whether I love you or I don't. Right now, yeah. <laughs> the Lord is good. <laughs> that was what happened to Samson, with all the destiny hanging in front of him. One girl sold him for money. Please go and read the book Beyond Gifts and Talents. Why did he forfeit Delilah? Because he had been leaking by sin his spiritual strength before that day. I'm not emphasizing what the Bible when it says Jesus feared. That's the meaning. He feared. He understood that the plan of God for his life wouldn't come to pass. He understood that the destiny is going to come to an end. He understood that everything that God labored for in quotes from Genesis till now will spoil and the whole earth will have to wait another 4,000 years. You think it's easy to make a redeemer? You think God called Abraham because he loved Abraham? God called Abraham that he might bring forth Jesus. That's the reason why Jesus feared If men understood that what I do in life is not just about me. since so the children God is giving you, I and the children the Lord have given me, they are for signs and for wonders. That wonder will not happen if you are a man of iniquity. do do you even pity your daughter? The girl will start slipping from one bed to the other because you, idiot, could not keep your zip together. It's not you. You are ruining the life of the next generation. say so people don't understand that. Then sin is hard to resist. If you understood the consequence. <laughs> if you understood the consequence. When Eli's sons died. <laughs> you know. When Job's sons died. A man asks, He said. Peradventure your sons sinned. And God gave them over. To the power of their iniquity. That tells me. Iniquity has power. It can wipe out a whole generation. You understand why it is that Jesus feared? Many people, you see until they are rich, God said, this boy, you know (coughs) that Dangote would have been poor where this guy is, but because of sin, because of iniquity, his ability to conceive great things disappeared. Jesus stood at the time, he said, the prince of this world is coming, but he has nothing in me. What does that tell you? Sin is what Satan uses to hold people. Sin is what he uses to hold people. He doesn't just... you know, Some of the prayers we pray, all the destiny holders. Where did he say it in the Bible? What is in the Bible is destiny donors. People who donate their destiny. All the destiny donors, Samson gave to Delilah, take... Reuben gave to his father's concubine. Take. He said, Reuben, you are my firstborn. The beginning of my strength. But you will not have preeminence. Why? You climbed up to my bed. Reuben gave away preeminence because of concubine. When God said to David... When he told, uh, what do you call it, Samuel? Go to the house of Jesse. And he made everybody pass in front of Jesse. And he said, see Eliab, I have rejected him. See Abinadab, I have rejected him. See Shammah, I have rejected him. And he went down like that, and all the sons of Jesse were complete before David. I said, go, did you not know David's name? When he sent Samuel? Why didn't you just go, to, he said, go there. Tell him to call his smallest son. His name is David. God did not do that so that you and I can learn a lesson later on in life. That God weighs people. He weighs everybody. He followed the order in Israel. David was not the first consideration. He was not. The family of Jesse was not the first consideration. They were not. Judah was not the first consideration. They were not. He started with Reuben. When he saw Reuben, he said, Reuben, no, forget. Is that not the, one that, uh, the These are his descendants. Move them. They can't have preeminence. When's the next, next one. He went line by line until he got to the house of Judah. And he went from family to family until he got to the house of Jesse. Now went through the children of Jesse and got to the last one. He said, I have found. who you find when you are looking? I have found a man after my heart who will do all my desires. Threw away Saul and replaced him with David. I'm talking about why Jesus feared. Seeing caps destinies, I'll be getting my point. It caps destinies, stops people from prospering in life. It stops them from prospering. It makes them unable to see visions that will give them confidence to attack their destiny and succeed. Listen, that's why Jesus feared. though. That was why he feared. He said, "The prince of this world is coming, and he has nothing in me." He was telling disciples that you will see me die. It's not because Satan could hold me. That's what he was saying to them. What what does that tell you? You Go to the Bible. People are marked. Yes. Marking is a common thing God does. Yes, he marks people. He put a mark upon them, Cain, at the beginning. There was a time he looked through all all of Israel. He told the angels, go out. Mark for me a certain group of people. Those who have been sighing and groaning because of this iniquity. Those who have been reacting like this. Those who have abstained from sin. Mark for me, those people. Jeremiah waited. When they reached Jeremiah, they put a mark on his head, then he jumped and didn't mark anybody else. Jeremiah said, "What's going on here? What am I going to say here? They are spiritual marks. Sin is like putting a target practice mark on your body, and you're walking until the devil shoot me. Now are spiritual marks. That is why the Bible uses the fact. That the blood of Jesus cleanses. All those things that are stuck to people's body. He washes them off. Without this, Satan has nothing to hold. Please, my message, why did Jesus fear? It wasn't the, because of the reverential fear. Nothing. Say, so, you know, you don't fear God like you fear a snake. You, you reverence him. You come to judge. Say, I worship you. Lord, we reverence you. We reverence you with all the stolen money. We reverence you. We reverence you with all the adultery. We reverence you with all the pride in our hearts and lying and cheating. We reverence you. One they wrote me the other day, they said, please advise me on which church to go. He said, the church I love most. When I get there, my soul is lifted. My faith is strengthened. He said, but I think the pastor is backslidden. Their senior pastor is using a false anointing. He said, all these boys and girls, they are very immoral. I said, and you are still going there asking me for advice, which one I should go to? You are a glutton for punishment or what? I told her, I said, hang around long enough, their spirit will enter you. He said, when you get into their church, he said, no serious Christian there. He said, they look, all of them, like serious Christians. He said, they are all very immoral. I don't trust them one bit. He said, what I do, I don't talk to them, I just come to church and go. He said, advise me. <laughs> I said, I should advise you. After you have finished advising yourself, I should still advise you. I mean, you know... <laughs> God have mercy. My reply, I said, Please, oh, my dear sister, hang around long enough. You will drink of their spirit. The Lord is good. What's my message? This is why Jesus feared. He understood the importance, the power that sin has. And that's the message for you and I today. No matter how much faith you want to have or claim to have, there's a place it cannot cross. There are things it can't download unless you depart from iniquity. Paul said it clearly. He said, We have these promises. Let's cleanse ourselves of all defilement of flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Now, what does that mean? It means that if we don't do that, the promises will not come to pass. Oh, in case you've heard the doctrine that, you know, as a Christian, your spirit is perfect. You are of God. Your spirit has been born again. Any sin you commit does not touch your spirit. Because, praise God, you're a new man in Christ Jesus. The world doesn't understand you. Like I always said, no matter the doctrine you want to argue over, what is the result of it? If by the time you finish speaking like this, all your boys are very honest, diligent, and all the guests are very prim and proper, they don't sleep around, then I know the doctrine is correct. But the one that I'm referring to, I remember that man still preaching that day on TV like this. When you hear that kind of doctrine. Flee. Oh winner flee. You know go, flee, disappear. Satan. <laughs> the same thing Satan said to him, you will not surely die. The same thing. Do not know what he said? You will not surely die. <laughs> Listen, he said, add to your faith moral excellence. If moral excellence is not climbing, it is not faith. Yes. And people deceiving themselves, the Bible says it clearly. Add to your faith. Moral excellence. When a man sat in Corinth and didn't do it, Paul gave him over to death. He said, let Satan destroy his body. Let's see if will be able to save him. Tutu, it worked. When the guy had troubles, he repented. Sharp, sharp. Says said, it's just your body. I said, we'll punish your body. That doctor's time when I was in school. They used to do all kinds of things. Somebody will take your money. Say, I'm not the one, it's my body. I say, okay, I will, I will do, <laughs> what do you call that thing? Sharia. sharia. I will sharia your body. Your spirit is be intact You sharia to remove your body that's stealing my money. Let those who name the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. Let's stop deceiving ourselves. Stop deceiving ourselves. What am I going to say? That is the reason why Jesus feared destinies are killed because of sin. No matter how much God wants to bless people, I said to you before, when I was preaching here, that if God wants to bless a man, the first thing he gives is correction. He won't bless disobedience. Never. He will never bless disobedience. No matter how sincere you are, he will not bless disobedience. He may refuse to kill because of your sincerity, but he will not bless. The sign of his favor is that he will correct. He will correct you. How do I know? I've been to Abraham's wife. And they say, You're a dead man. He said, Ah, dead. What happened? You took a prophet's wife. I did not know. He said, That's why I corrected you. That's what God gives to sincere people. Correction. He will never bless disobedience. Read through the scriptures. David was a man that God loved, loved him seriously. Caleb went into the promised land at the age of 85 to be fighting giants. At the age of 70 something, David was so tired, they had to put girls to warm his body. That lets you know where his energy went. So they told so the girls bring the energy back. Come and lie down here. It sounds funny, but it's not a joke. The age at which Caleb stood and told Moses, Now give me the marching order. I'm ready to take the promised land. That was my strength was 45 years ago. So is my strength today. 10 years younger than that. They said, David, Papa, how are you in the morning? He said, Any fine chicken today? Come and lie down here so I can get some energy. <laughs> they use the girls to collect energy. You know why they use the girl? They know where his energy went. The only thing David was careful about it was that he was not an adulterer. Apart from the case of Bathsheba. But he was marrying many wives. Later on, Solomon said, Don't is it Lemuel? One of those men that wrote David said, Don't give your strength to women. Once a man has many wives, he will not be strong in old age. I don't know how it happens, so. The energy will leak from here, leak from here, leak from here, leak from here. Leak from here. Everything will leak. To keep body warm alone, they say, okay, the girls took the energy. I beg, Abisha, be sure come and lie down here But adventure. Okay. They had to tell us, and he knew her not because they know the man normally. <laughs> Inside <like> his weakness, I go wake up. Okay, you there? So the Bible had to emphasize that this one, or God did not touch. You, you, you think Solomon lent all the money of 1,000 from somewhere, somewhere else. You don't watch him, Papa. Said Daddy, ah, I did enjoy you? <laughs> now he amplified the enjoyment. And you saw the result in his life. As an old man, too, he lost spiritual strength. Small, small guys, Say, come, let us go and worship bath." Say if you don't follow them now, these girls they think you are not nice. <laughs> what am I trying to say? These men, good men, they broke the law of monogamy and they suffered for it, even though God was not showing them any anger, anger, anger. Yet they, <laughs> they beat energy. At the seventy-something man, don't tire. The age at which Caleb was still waiting was tired. I've read my Bible up and down. The only explanation I, can, I have for his tiredness is too many women. After Solomon has suffered, he said, let your fountain be blessed and rejoice with that one wife of your youth. But by that time, was too late. His own, he, he said, should your springs be scattered abroad? His own was scattered abroad. That is what sin does. So even if God is not say, is it sin? Is it iniquity? Is it, is it a sin? Is it amplifying your spirituality or diminishing it? Just solve that problem and let's forget this sin. My message, why did Jesus fear? That's my message. If he feared, we should double fear. Are you getting my point? Yes. That is how we attack Sin and disobedience to the word of god with fervent prayer you see the bible says the effectual fervent prayer normal bible Amplified said heartfelt continued so let you know it's not just the it's not the shouting prayer it is the prayer that's persuaded that understands that is joseph many joseph died we don't realize because of Mrs. Potiphar. But the Joseph you and I know was the one that understood the power of sin. So he said, I can't do this and sin against God. I'm sorry. What am I trying to say? That's why this is important for us to understand. Forget that nonsense. Somebody say that it's not fear. It is reverential or... Okay, ask yourself, what's the meaning of reverential or... The one all these politicians have and our national treasure is going down. Is that what they call revelation, or they don't like that one? Tell people God sends people to hellfire, and He smokes them bit by bit with fire that's unquenchable. I love that's what said. A loving God does not send people to hellfire. What's your reference? Just wake up, decide you want to believe what you want to believe. Every information must have reference; otherwise, it's not authentic. Otherwise, all of us can come up with anything that we like. The reference, which is the word of God, says the loving God provides a way of escape. That's what a loving God does. It tells this is a way of escape. I've made my point. My message for today is ended. Let's rest to our feet. Let's rest to our feet and begin to pray again. You have seen it, I've made a few points. Addictions can be broken. Somebody say amen. amen. They can be broken. If anything is holding on to somebody, you have to ask yourself, where did this start from? I made that point. Very important. And listen to me. Don't let your destiny be destroyed. It is a lie for anybody to tell you there are destiny destroyers out there who are not tempters. All destiny destroyers that are outside you are tempters. Are you getting my point? Who's a destiny destroyer? Not a witch in the village. Forget that thing. Most times, Christians, they don't know how to pray. That's why God led us to study school of prayer. To teach believers how to pray. Your destiny cannot be destroyed by an outsider. Like I always keep on saying, if Satan was so powerful, why does he tempt? Are you getting my point? If he had power over people, why does he tempt? I don't tempt my children. I give them instructions. Come here means come here. And he comes. Why? I have power over him. This is a matter of fact. Satan does not have power over the believer. He doesn't have. He does not have. Satan does not have power over the believer. He can't just gather his agents, sit down in a coven somewhere and be saying that, listen, when witches want to cast a spell, they are number one way they do when it comes to men. When they are finished meeting, they will gather all the spell and enter into a fine girl. And come and meet the man. Good afternoon, sir. I just hope you could help me, sir. And the spirits will say, look, she's not fine. You know what David, Job said? I'm not looking. I have made a covenant with my eyes. That's what Job said. I am not looking. Leave me alone. Remember what he said at that time? That he gave us promises so that by them we become what? Partakers of divine nature. We are not without help. Somebody say amen. Amen. Even though the tempter comes against us like a flood, the Lord on our side will raise up a standard of resistance against him. If he comes with all his temptations, we have the power to resist. He has given us magnificent promises. That's what we used to pray last time. I hope that today we will just start with those promises, but I had to explain this as I was sitting down here, getting ready. This thought just started flowing into my mind fast. I had to quickly scribble a few points down. And I knew that's what the Holy Spirit wanted me to explain today, the meaning of the word fear. But the promises, for example, we indeed are born of God. Somebody say amen. amen. The spirit that's inside us is dragging us towards holiness. Somebody say amen. amen. And they gave us something. Remember what I said earlier? If you find a particular sin difficult to resist, you fell for a small, what you thought was smaller before. And that, like I was preaching, you look back and identify it. He said, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. And the next line is what? To cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Many of the things people are trying to resist is what the Bible calls unrighteousness that came as a result of falling for what we thought was small sin. That girl I told the story about earlier. If she could identify it and confess that sin, if her father blessed her, God will remove that urge to just be sleeping around and crashing homes from her. She won't know what happened. God cleanses. That's the promise we have. Many people continue what they are doing that is wrong because they don't know the way back. Many of us are going to say that I was banged, I was banged. If they were not bangay, nothing. They know. Why do they keep on saying it? They don't know how else to get out. So the way to start, it's called rationalization in Freudian psychology. You start rationalizing, say, yes, I'm like, that's just to give yourself peace of mind. Because otherwise the conflict on the, in the soul can be very terrible. That's what I'm preaching. That God has given us a way of escape. Somebody say amen. amen. He has given us a way of escape. Amen. He says, if you confess your sins, I will forgive you and then cleanse you of unrighteousness. Every defilement, I will cleanse it. Every addiction, I will cleanse it. Many people are addicted to drugs today. And God said, confess the sin of disobedience to parents. The man is confessing, I will not take heroin. God said, that's not your problem. That's your unrighteousness. Your sin is disobedience to parents. It flashes back. You know where it began from. Your father said, don't go. You went. Your mother said, don't go. You went. Don't take this. You did. You disobeyed steadily for a year. At the end of that year, you were on drugs. And for five years, you've been doing all kinds of rehab, all kinds of prayer, all kinds of deliverance, all kinds of demon casting. It's not going away. Why? The sin is the sin of disobedience to parents, not that of chemical substance abuse. The chemical substance abuse is what the Bible calls unrighteousness a result, a fruit of disobedience. Let us pray, therefore. I have spoken at length. Everybody begin to pray. Use the promises. Say, Lord, I confess you will cleanse. Say, Lord, show me, show me, show me. Where did it begin from? Where did this start? Where did this start? Where did it start? Where? Where? Why should my destiny be destroyed? Why should it be destroyed? Ah, once I was speaking to my mother. <laughs> she said, hey, you're not doing your private practice again. I said, No. You won't get as much money. I said, but what are we going to do? This is why God gave you a life, made you marry my father, and you had me as a son. We will not let that destiny be destroyed because we want to build a house. We want to buy a new car. We can ride the Kekena Pep to teach the gospel. So say, Lord, why should my destiny be destroyed? Say, it will not happen. Begin to declare, say, I have the spirit of Christ. Begin to declare there. He said, that is my nature. The spirit of Christ is in me. The spirit of Christ is in me. I have been born again of an incorruptible seed, the word of God. (laughs) Say it right there. Say, "Sin sin will not have any dominion over me. 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 Sin will not have any dominion over me because I'm dead the life I now live I'm living by faith declare that your natural self is dead I have died to sin I have died to the flesh so the Holy Spirit is now inside me say it loud and say it clear sin shall not have any dominion over me say it loud and say it clear Every addiction is broken. Every addiction is broken. I'm speaking to you there. I said it is broken. There is nothing the Lord can't forgive you. Let's just get that one clear. He's able to save to the uttermost... Is able to say to the uttermost... Anyone that will draw near to God by him... is able to say to the uttermost... Receive forgiveness... Receive salvation... You are forgiven... You are forgiven... The power of sin... Over your life is broken... You have dominion over sin... You have dominion over every work of the devil... Sin shall not have any dominion over you... I say sin shall not have any dominion over you. It will not have. The strength of God to resist is your portion. I want to pray a prayer. Just, can you be silent for just a moment? there's one thing we declare all the time, I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord, and pleasing him in all respects, I'm bearing fruit in every good work and I'm increasing the knowledge of God. Now, that is really taken from the book of Colossians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1 also has something similar to that. We combine it and wrote out that incantation. You know, you know what I mean by incantation? The declaration of the word of God. Now what I want to just bring out is the fact that this issue of knowledge comes up. Understanding comes up. And I want to pray a prayer based upon that. Because I've been saying something again and again. Most of us are training looking at what is actually the fruit of sin. And think that thing is sin itself. So we try to resist the fruit. We never really go about trying to resist the sin. So I want to pray a prayer for you. Put up your two hands. That little thing that, you know, camouflages itself like a small thing. But it's actually sin the Lord will expose it to you in Jesus' name. Amen. You will have understanding and know what is sin indeed in the name of Jesus. Amen. You will not fall for sin and start resisting the fruit. Amen. That will not be your portion. Amen. They just said, bow, and Jesus said, that is the problem. Turn your stones to bread. Jesus said, that is what the problem is. Many people have turned their stones to bread. They do it every day. They don't know it is sin. He's a pastor. He's twisting the word of God because of money. He wants to resist adultery. God said, no, 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 no. Sin was when you took my word and turned your stones to bread with it. Those little things that camouflage. The big things, actually, I wanted to say. That camouflage as if they are little. God will show you their true nature in the name of Jesus. Amen. Sometimes the sin in your life is a good friend. Just being friends with that fellow is your sin. You think fornication is your sin? God said no. It is that girl that you're a girl, and that girl is your good friend. That is your sin. God will reveal your sin to you in Jesus' name. Now receive the power to lay it aside. Once it is revealed to you, uh -uh. (laughs) ah. That power will work in you and you will lay it aside. Amen. Hear ye the word of the Lord. Sin shall not have dominion over you. Amen. I said sin will not have dominion over you. Amen. Every affliction in your body in your soul is broken in the name of Jesus. Amen. I said it is broken in the name of Jesus. Amen. When Jesus died, you died. Amen. Your sin died. Your addiction died. The unrighteousness, so that is root of fruit, it died. When it rose up from the dead, you rose up in the newness of life. You are new. You are clean. You are forgiven. You are washed. You are free. You are free. That devil that's trying to hold on to you just fell off. Premature death just fell off you. Cancer in your brain just fell off. Emotional troubles just fell off. Freedom enraps you now in the name of Jesus. Let's just worship him and give him thanks. Just wave your hands to him and say, Lord, I thank you. Say, Lord, I thank you. Just say, Lord, I thank you. Give him praise. Give him thanks. Give him praise. That is number one sin of the whole earth. They don't acknowledge him. They don't give him thanks. They don't give him praise. That is the number one sin of the whole earth. Let's fight that one with thanksgiving. Let's resist that one by worshipping him. Let's just say, Lord, it is you. You are the good God. You are my creator. I didn't come by accident. My ancestor is not a baboon. (laughs) You are my creator. You made me. You formed me in my mother's womb. Lord, I give you thanks because I was fearfully and wonderfully made. Say, Lord, I give you thanks. I was fearfully and wonderfully made. Thank you. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. You are my God. My life is yours. I live by the faith of the Son of God. (laughs) Who died for me and rose again on my behalf? Declare it, I have been crucified with Christ. Declare it, I have been crucified with him. My old self is dead. Dead. I may appear alive, but it's not me anymore. It is Christ that lives in me. Give Him praise for it. In the name of Jesus Christ, we are prayed. Alright, let's share the grace in fellowship. Because of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, surely we have passed out of death, and we have passed into life. We are passed out of darkness, into the light of Christ. We have passed out from under the curse into the blessings. All things have passed away in our lives. We are now filled with the Spirit of Christ. We live above sin and walk above the devil because we are seated high above with Christ. This is our season of fruitfulness and multiplication in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. One more time. This is my season in the name of Jesus. Please bless somebody on your left. Bless somebody on the other side. Bless somebody behind you, please, or in front of you. All right. Cheer up, brethren. God bless you.